time you alone. Let's close the doors. Let's have fellowship with God today. Let's have communion with Him today. As we're bowed, I know there would be many needs that would be in our midst, but I'm asking, just hold them in your heart before God. It was going to be a time of trouble that David would speak of in Psalms 27. But he said at that time, there would be a desire come forth that I may dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That he would know in the secret of his tabernacle. And I don't know how you are today, but when I see this world, there's a great deep longing. I don't feel at home in here anymore. And we want to look at Jesus this morning. You have that in your heart's desire. Let's just come to the Lord. Let's remember Sister Susan's husband. I also had a request from Brother Uva Laval for a pastor. I believe he's in one of the South American countries. Brother Louis is his name. He has the virus. He's having difficulty breathing. The hospitals are full and collapsed. But God can change that picture. The devil cannot take us before our time. Let's hold this brother up. Let's hold Sister Susan's husband up. Let's hold one another up. Heavenly Father, as we come before you this morning, we just sense your spirit is here already. There's just something sovereign, something sacred. We want to thank you for the little dedication we had this morning for the families and Lord, there's many families that are represented here that can't be here this morning. But I'm asking, Lord, that your spirit would go to every home and every place where they're streaming. Oh, Lord, just settle over us. Let the dove of God. Lord, may we put everything aside. May we just take our hearts. And now this time that's left in the service this morning, may we dedicate ourselves to you. Father, would you remember the request for Sister Susan's husband also. Lord, and remember every heart that's before us. Bless the word as we open it. Lord, we're living in perilous times. But Lord, we're also hid. We're safe in you, Lord. You are that hiding place for us. I pray your blessing would be upon the word. Take me aside. Take us all aside. We'll give the glory and honor to you. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Brother Marion. Sorry about that. <laughs> God bless you all, the musicians. If you'll turn in the Bible this morning to the book of 1 Kings chapter 21. Last week we read from 1 Kings chapter 17, and maybe I'm in a little bit of that vein. We had, we had spoke on the bride's dream of life and how everything in the world was drying up, and uh, yet there's a source. And so 
I want to speak on that a little bit. And uh, we know that Satan has always desired the place that God has and the place that God's attention. And it's no different in this time. So I'd like to just read this and we'll take a context from here and we'll come back to it as we, we go into this. 1 Kings 21, verse 1. And it came to pass after these things that Naboth the Jezreelite had a vineyard, which was in Jezreel, hard by the palace of Ahab, king of Samaria. And Ahab spake unto Naboth, saying, Give me thy vineyard, that I may have it for a garden of herbs. I may have it for a garden of herbs, because it is near unto my house and I will give thee for it a better vineyard than it. For if it seem good to thee, I will give thee the worth of it in money. And Naboth, not regarding who is saying it, not regarding the money, not regarding the use, not regarding what may come to him, but something in his heart, said, The Lord forbid it of me, that I should give the inheritance of my fathers unto thee. And Ahab came into his house heavy and displeased because of the word which Naboth the Jezreelite had spoken to him. For he had said, I will not give thee the inheritance of my fathers. I, I, I can't imagine this picture. He laid down on his bed and turned away his face. I can't have it. Yeah, there's certain things you can't have. And he turned away his face and would eat no bread. But Jezebel, his wife, came to him and said to him, Why is thy spirit so sad that thou eatest no bread? And he said unto her, Because I spoke unto Naboth the Jezreelite, and said unto him, Give me thy vineyard for money, or else, if it please thee, I will give thee another vineyard for it. And he answered, I will not give thee my vineyard. And Jezebel his wife said unto him, Dost thou now govern the kingdom of Israel? Arise and eat bread, and let thy heart be merry, and I will give thee the vineyard of Naboth the Jezreelite. These are spirits that are still alive in the earth today. God bless his word. You may have your seats. I'll ask you to turn to Isaiah chapter 27. I want to speak this morning on keeping the vineyard in the land of Jezebel. Isaiah chapter 27. We'll just pick this up and... Uh, In verse 1, in that day the Lord with his sore and great and strong sword shall punish Levithian, the piercing serpent, even Levithian, that crooked serpent, and he shall slay the dragon that is in the sea. In that day sing ye unto her a vineyard of red wine. I, the Lord, do keep it. I will water it every moment, lest any hurt it. I will keep it night and day. Now, that's God speaking 
about how he's looking at his vineyard. And this is a twofold purpose because what God is doing is also in the heart of a people, is in the heart of a bride. And we'll just read Revelations 19. This will be familiar, but we'll read verse 7. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him, for the marriage of the Lamb has come, and the wife, his wife, has made herself ready. So there's something she must do. Now, to her was given or was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white, for the fine linen is the righteousness of saints. So that was given, but she had to put this on. And he said unto her, and he saith unto me, Write, blessed are they which are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said, These are the true sayings of God. Now, I, I, I want to just note you to notice there's a twofold aspect here. There's a determination of God that he is going to watch over his heritage. He's going to watch over his vineyard. And there's also something within us that we are going to keep ourselves pure. We are going to keep ourselves in a place where God can come and visit us. There's a place that God is looking on the earth. And I want you to think about the Holy Spirit today. As the Holy Spirit circles the earth and it goes around the earth and it's looking at different places. Where does that spirit come and visit? Where does that spirit feel comfortable? Where is the dove nature and the lamb nature that coincides with it? Because the two are, 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 are tied together. And somewhere there must be a place. And, and God has a delight on the earth. And that delight is in his garden, is in his vineyard. And there's a people that are holding that vineyard. There's a people that are a habitation for God in this last day. And I believe we are of that people. <clears throat> I tell you this, I believe it because I love this word with all my heart. It's more than life to me. As the deer panteth, so my heart panteth. <clears throat> now, we, I, I, I want to just take this and, and, and build a little bit on the thought of this stream of life. Brother Bannon would speak in a message, Overcoming. And this is where he crossed a log and he would say, if you're a Christian that's supposed to be a Christian, and sometimes we're a Christian in form, but it's not heartfelt. Sometimes our prayers, I, 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 I can hold my hands up high. Sometimes our prayers are, are repetitious. Sometimes our, our words are, are, are repetitious. And it's not that we mean to be, but God's looking for heartfelt words. God's looking for a life, an expression that's there. And sometimes we can, you know, we, we rub shoulders with the world and these things happen to us. But I, I believe, as Brother Brandon would say here, as a Christian, let the life of God go from him and the experience and the joy of serving Christ. 
So this is not a, just a prohibition message. This is not don't do this, don't do that. If, if that's all you see this, I say there's another part you've missed. There's a joy, there's a love, there's a pushing out, there's something that's real. There's something that makes me want to come to church. There's something that makes me want to pray, that wants to make me sing songs. There's a fountain of life that's bubbling out. And I say strive within you to stay in that place. And he would say, let that life go him, the joy of serving Christ, and live in the church where such is going on. So you can come to church and not have that. And he says this, and you rot twice as quick. So he said, if we're trying to follow the message hour of the hour, or at least this part of the message, you should constantly, you should live constantly in the life of Christ. See? So not in your own life, not in your own ideas, but in the life of Christ. He says, because if you don't do it and you lay around and you know that these things you're supposed to do and you don't do it, then it becomes sin to you. He that knoweth to do good and doeth not it sin, then you become doty, rotten, you're separated from the life of God. So he makes this statement. So strive with all that's in you to stay in the life of Christ that you be fruit-bearing. Psalms chapter 1, in verse 1, and, and I really, these are scriptures that were really on my heart at the beginning of the year. It would say, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. Now, just, just back that up for a minute, Brother Mark. So, so he says, doesn't stand in the way of sinners. What, what does that mean? It means you're not engaged in what they're doing. You separated yourself nor are you sitting in the seat of the scornful. Your attitude is right. There's a place God can visit you because your thoughts are pure. Verse 2, and he would say, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law does he meditate day and night. I, I, I need to say, take a service sometime and speak on discipline. Because we live in a most characterless age there is. A most undisciplined age there is. And, and people will look for the quick fix. We, we live in an age where, you know, I, I, I'm tired, I'm weary. I'll just have a coffee and a chocolate bar and I'll be better for a couple hours. And then when you come out of that, where are you going to be? Ah, if I can only get to church, just get in the atmosphere. But it's more than that. It's living constantly. Okay, I, I won't preach that service yet. But discipline yourself. Keep yourself in a place where I don't feel like reading the Bible, but I'm going to read it anyway. I don't feel like praying, but I'm going to pray anyway. I, don't, I, I feel like watching this instead. This is more comfortable for my flesh, but I know it's not good for me. I won't sleep good. It'll put thoughts in my mind. It'll do things. I, I, so there's a, there's a need, friends, for us to think about what we live our life and where we're going. Verse 3, and you do those things, and this is what will happen. And you'll be like a tree planted by rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. And Brother Brandon would make distinction on about what fruit, the fruit 
a fruit of the word in the prophet's season. He says, his life, his leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Now these words are greater than the world that is drying up around us. These words are greater than, than the life and, and the revival that is dead. There is no revival in the world today. There's emotion, but there's no revival. There's no coming back to the word. There's one place. There's a bride's revival. And I want to be a part of it. I can be in that revival even though we can't have a full group. I can be in that revival delighting in the word of God. I can be in that revival in my car. I can be in that revival when I'm fellowshipping with someone and when I come to church, even when it's not a special service. So, Jeremiah 17. Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord, whose hope the Lord is. And it would, it would say this, For he shall be as a tree planted by the waters, that spreadeth out her roots by the river. And shall not see when heat cometh, but her leaf shall be green. So now it's, it's saying, it's actually putting conditions. So the roots are going to come out even when it gets hot and dry. Why? There's a source you're connected to. And your leaf shall be green. Even, and not even says careful in the year of drought. I better watch out, you know, because things are, are bad, you know. And Brother Brandon would make the statement about a mouse in the garners of Egypt with all the grain. I better eat sparingly. No, there is food aplenty. There is a, the world is in famine, but we are feeding on the riches of God as he's revealed to us. It won't be careful in the year of drought. Neither shall they cease from yielding fruit. In other words, though the world is fearful, though the world and people are fearful, though the world is under pressure, and we are under pressure, yet there's something inside that keeps coming out. There's something that keeps giving. There's a fruit that God is bringing to pass in our lives. Where does it come from, brother? I don't know how it happens. But I feed on this word, and it brings a right attitude. It brings the love of God in my heart. It brings me to a point that I want to keep on giving. I want to keep on loving. Okay. That's just the start. And I say it because you can read the message, how, how can I overcome? Because Brother Adam would talk. Stay in the life of Christ. It's the most sinful age that has ever been. People, he would say this, People can live a clean and holy life. I want you just to think about this. Not be sinful, not be adulterers, drinkers, liars, gamblers. Wow, that's the place to live. But he says they can live above that and still not with it. That's right, this is the age of the, pers the life the personal life of Christ, the chemical of his body that was in him. If all that we can see, I'm waiting for this piece to fall in place, I'm waiting for that, you know, and when this happens and when that happens, I, I tell you what, it's way higher than that. I, I, I shared with a few 
Brethren, this last week, quotation Brother Branham said, if we're born from above, our spirit can identify with the world around us. In fact, I don't know about you, but there is a longing in my heart. The things I enjoy in this world, I still but they don't mean as much. A good cup of coffee, I still enjoy it. You know, a specialty coffee once a month, I enjoy that too. You know, and, and a little time with the loved ones and your wife and your family. and I, I enjoy those things. But I feel like Enoch. I feel like, let me just keep walking with you, Lord. Leave that behind. Let me just keep walking. And Lord, just let me walk home with you. That's what I feel like because my spirit cannot identify with this world. It is so grievous to me. Now, that is not my feeling. That's somewhere else, another deposit that's in me that feels like that. That's the desire of the Holy Ghost. It's a cry. Come a little higher. Come a little higher. I'm calling you. Come, come, come. I tell you what, it ought to resonate with our spirit so much. If you don't feel that pull, I say, friend, just just give yourself a little bit to it. He's wanting you to come. And there's an enemy that's trying to drag you down. Oh, but greater, greater is he. Now, it's God's desire for us to be fruitful. They, They talk about the pandemic and they say that it's given rise to, you know, people haven't been out, they haven't been active, and I've, I've just taken the reverse approach. I've gotten out and got more active. Your body's not meant just to, you know, lay around, natural body speaking. It's actually meant to be moving. Same with your Christianity. It's not meant just to hide it in a bushel. It's not meant just to tuck it in, but it's meant to flow. It's meant to give life. It's meant to to be a channel. And as long as you're a channel for God, whether it's in prayer, whether it's picking up the phone and talking to somebody, whether it's it's, it's witnessing, whether it's, it's singing, whether it's doing whatever it is, there is a blessing that comes with that. And I'll tell you what, you don't want to be guilty of stopping up the Holy Spirit. You don't want to be guilty of not letting Him flow. Because when He flows, there's cleansing that comes with that. There's purity that comes with that. Uh, And there's so many blessings. And there's a joy that comes with that. In Genesis 17, verse 6, God would tell Abraham, He says, I will make thee exceeding fruitful. This is the promise to Abraham, but it's also to his seed. So I will make you fruitful. That was God's delight, was Abraham. Abraham was God's choice. And when God picked him, he didn't pick him to be a dry bone. God bless you, Brother Max. I, I, had, I had the message. I had Last week when I was speaking, I had Ezekiel 37. I never got to it. Brother Max didn't know that. And he picks it up at the young people's service, and he speaks on it. God bless you. It was wonderful. I listened into it. Anyway, it was, and he says, I'll make nations of thee. Kings shall come out of thee. So God's not looking at us as, as dry sticks, but he's looking at us as fruitful. Now let's just go back in the Bible. Psalms chapter 80. We're using a few scriptures just to lay some foundation, and then we'll get into the kernel of our thoughts. Psalms chapter 80. 
Let's just pick up the reading in verse 8. Thou hast brought a vine out of Egypt, and thou hast cast out the heathen and planted it. Now this is God doing it. Thou preparest room before it, and thou didst cause it to take deep root, and it filled the land. This is Israel. The hills were covered with the shadow of it, and the boughs thereof were like godly cedars. This vine that started when Abraham went out, and Abraham's seed began to overtake the land of Canaan, and they began to be planted. And, and, and when Joshua crossed, and all the nations were fearful because there was a God that was with Israel. And the fear of, Israel, of that God went with them. The life of that God went with them. It caused the sun to stop. It caused the moon to stop. It caused kings to tremble. Israel was holiness to God. And this kingdom which began to be born, and out of that came King David and King Solomon and all the nations, fulfilling what God said to Abraham. It was a bough that went over. It was a fruitful vine. There was no kingdom like it on the earth. Solomon's kingdom is a type of the millennium that we are going to. Well, it's a type of, of, of what God is going to keep doing. The hills were covered with the shadow of it. And the, the boughs there were like godly seed, cedars. And she sent out her boughs unto the sea and her branches to the river. It was a marvelous. But now look at this. Why hast thou then broken down her hedges? So all that which passed by the way do pluck her. So it was a vine, but now it's beginning to be decayed. It's beginning to be eaten away at. The boar out of the wood does waste it. The wild beast of the field does devour it. There was a duty to keep this vine. There was a duty to protect the life of this vine. And he says, return, we beseech thee, O God of hosts. Look down from heaven and behold and visit this vine. This is the temple of God. Your body is a temple of God. One time this temple uttered swear word. One time this, this temple had vile thoughts. One time, and, it, and not to say that the devil doesn't come, but they're not my thoughts. They're his thoughts, and I dismiss them, and I cast them out. Why? Because this temple, this vine, this belongs to God. My life belongs to God. My job belongs to God. My, my family belongs to God. Everything I have belongs to Him. Let His life flow. It's not my own life. This life that I have, it, the Lord, the world didn't give it to me. God gave it to me. It's all His. Here I am, Lord. Take these hands. And He would say, Look down from heaven and behold and visit this vine. And the vineyard which thy right hand has planted, and the branch that thou madest strong for thyself, it is burned with fire, it is cut down. They perish at the rebuke of thy countenance. So showing the, showing the cycle where God had a desire but to come short and not to keep it. I'm saying all of this because the first Eve fell. And she was a type of God's bride that fell 
in, 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 in the old Israel which fell, but also the church that fell at Ephesus. But at the end, all those types would not carry through because God was going to come full circle at the end. And he would say, this Eve would not fall. This Eve has something in her. She has a root that is predestinated. I, I, this is not my, I really wanted to go down this service today, but I, I, I shouldn't even say. You're going to wonder, what was he thinking of? Uh, I say that for myself, but this is the way God led me with it, so let's go with this. And he would say, this Eve would not fall. All that the previous Eve fell from, this Eve would not fall from that. A woman is a type. A woman is, is a vessel that is a carrier of life. And in order for a natural sister, sisters that young ladies that have grown up in this message, you've been taught faithfully by your parents, keep yourself pure. Keep yourself holy. Don't let nothing come in that would defile. Don't flirt. Don't open the door. Don't, don't dress unbecoming. Don't, 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 don't look at worldly things, but keep yourself pure, thinking about what God would want for you, for a mate. And so a, a young sister will keep herself pure and will do all that until the time comes when God has determined that now she would become a stream of life. Now she would become the one that's going to carry this life on and further. And God has determined at the end time that that which has fallen would bring forth life again. And this is where we're standing. Now just jump over to Joel chapter 1. I'm really just laying the foundation of this. And I, I want to just keep it moving quickly to really get to the heart of where I want to get to. Joel chapter 1. And we'll pick up the reading just, let's just read a portion of this and to really cap, capture this. And remember, we're, we're talking here, uh, we're, we're talking about how scriptures parallel each other and how they keep going. And, and, and there's something to be said in all of these scriptures for, for everything that, that we, we have in this, this day. So Joel would, would begin to speak and he would begin to say this. The word of the Lord that came to Joel, the son of Pethiel, and he would say, hear this, ye old men, and he, we jumped ahead here, hear this, ye old men, and give ear, ye inhabitants of the land, has this been in your days, or even the days of your fathers? And he would say, tell your children, let your children tell their children, and their children in other generations. So the word of God repeats, verse 4, that which the palmer worm has left has the locust eaten, that which the locust has left of the canker worm has eaten, that which the canker worm has left has the caterpillar eaten. Now, we, you, don't let these words just, I, I'm going quickly, but, but there, there's a principle here. Awake, ye drunkards, and weep, and howl, you drinkers of wine, because of the new wine, for it is cut off from your mouth. So something has crept into the vineyard. Something has dried it up. Verse 6, he would say, For a nation has come upon my land, strong and without number, whose teeth are the teeth of a lion, and hath the cheek teeth of a great lion. He hath laid my vine waste. Now look at God's designation. My vine. My place. And he's barked my fig tree. He's made it clean bare. He's cast it away. The branches thereof are made white. Jesus would say, in John chapter 15, you are the vine. He said, I am the vine, you are the branches. So the life of God was meant to flow into a many-membered body. 
Verse 8, lament like a virgin girded with sackcloth for the husband of her youth. The meat offering and the drink offering is cut off from the house of the Lord. The priests and the Lord's ministers mourn. And you say, the field is wasted, the land mourns, for the corn is wasted, the new wine is dried up, the oil languisheth. The new wine, the wine represents inspiration. The oil represents the Holy Spirit. Be ashamed, O you husbandmen, O you vine dressers. Now, I, I spoke a subject last, last year on, on, on just being keepers. And I may be in the same vein as that right now. But vine dressers, for the wheat and for the barley, because the harvest of the field is perished. I, I, I believe, as the prophet had an obligation, and his obligation was to find a bride for, for Isaac. And he had the charge of Abraham. And I believe that there's a man in this last generation that was given the charge to also find a bride for Jesus Christ. And I believe that we are also partakers of that commission to keep the message pure, to keep it true, to keep it, not mix it with anything, not let anything come into it. This message will not denominate. And I say the spirit that is in us, it ought to be on men, households, fathers, mothers. Keep it pure. He'd say the vine is dried up and the fig tree languisheth and the pomegranate tree, the palm tree also and the apple tree, even all the trees of the field are withered because joy is withered away from the sons of men. You know, it, it, it is, history really does repeat itself. I want to take something and I'm starting to move it into this, the, the, the context of the message, but Jezebel the nation that was built on freedom of religion. It was running to get away from organized religion, from persecution. It, it, it was a new land that they were coming to. Brother Branham would speak of this in Invisible Union. And he would say the, they would come and they were looking for this land. Listen to how Brother Branham would talk because he, he would talk about some steps that have taken place. Now remember, he spoke messages like, Jezebel religion. And this was in a time when there was a modern president like Kennedy. The first Catholic president that ever was in America. And Brother Branham, while he, he wouldn't take sides with just a party. He wouldn't say, I, I, I'm a Democrat or I'm a Republican. He would lean this way. But he, as a prophet, he could see greater than that was. And he saw a danger, not just of the party, but he saw the danger of the setting that the very thing that they ran from, they were now bringing back into play again. Friends, alarm bells ought to come off where we are at right now. It's a setting just like it was back then, just like it was in the time of Ahab. Because behind Ahab was a Jezebel. Now, Brother Manham would speak how it would come in phases. 1956. He speaks in 1961 about America as the prostitute of nations. She's coming to her end. The Bible speaks of her doom. Now, naturally speaking, we want the best. We would have maybe voted something different. We would have, but often, 
often that desire is just for our flesh. Because we don't want to lose privileges. Because I'd rather have a level of comfort while I'm still here. We have to be careful that our flesh doesn't get in the way of the program of God. It was Peter who loved Jesus in the flesh. And he told Jesus in the flesh, you know, the Son of Man must, oh no, don't, we won't let that happen. And Jesus turns to Peter and says, get behind me, Satan. And Peter goes, what did I do? I love you, Lord. Yeah, but not that kind of love. And I, 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 I just see that we, oh my, I got another service, services coming. We need to overcome the mentality of our human spirit. We need to overcome our mind, our thinking, our personality, and we need to let that which is burning inside come to the front. Even so, come Lord Jesus, come. Oh, I, I, I want to be comfortable here. I, I want this, I want that. Yes, we all do. But we're coming to the time where this cannot last. The wheels are in motion. The wheels cannot be stopped. I would have loved to have a different leader in our nation. But we're not there anymore. And I'm beyond parties. And I'm beyond being out there and marching for this right and this right. There's one place. There's one government. There's one kingdom. And I say, I just, if I can say this to you, don't allow Satan to clog up your human spirit with all these things that are coming. Don't allow him to allow you to get engaged. You know, you might talk about all the conspiracy theories there are about virus. People send me things, oh, what happened in China? They point to these things. Let me ask you this. After you get all of those conspiracies locked up and you got it figured out, what are you going to do with it? How is that going to get you closer to God? All it does is actually drag you down. You need to be focused. If you want answers, go feed on the message. You want to be stay in the Spirit of God. Allow the Word to... That doesn't mean you can't go out and do other things. And Whatever God gives you grace, you know, enjoy time. And, and enjoy... Uh, enjoy hunting or fishing or whatever you do. Enjoy, even ice fishing can be enjoyable. I think there's a brother here that would say amen to that. Whenever I went ice fishing, you just came back with more ice. That's all it was. Clogged up on me. Never got any fish. But anyway, just, you know, you can enjoy these things. You can enjoy a, a meal together. You can uh, laugh together. It's important to laugh. It's important to, to say, God, you've given this in my home. I'll be fruitful in my home. My home will be fruitful. But don't get clogged up with what's out there. Friends, I'm saying it to you, it's a trap of the enemy. Sometimes, turn off the YouTube button and put on a message button. America, she's got it coming. I saw it in a vision. It's thus saith the Lord. Back when America was America, she was a great nation. The greatest the world's ever known since Israel was America, but she's polluted herself. She's rejected the message. The last election shows where her spiritual standing is. Message influence, 1964. America is rotten to the core. She's going to reap what she sowed. A just God can let her not let her get away with anything else. 
Her politics and systems is as rotten as they can be. So I, 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 I'm going to just say what he said. One says, I'm a Democrat. I'm a Republican. Then he also brings it over to another vein. I'm a Methodist. I'm a Baptist. He says, the whole thing is rotten to the core. It's beyond redemption, he would say. Now, I'm, I'm bringing these things into play. I also want to just, let me, I want to pick this up. I didn't touch on this last week. But I want you to be aware that the message is moving. Words are not just words that were written in 1963 or recorded in 1964, but there's a life of this message that's moving. And I'm going to take an example, and this will come out of pick up your pen and write, because Brother Branham would talk about it, and he would, he would make a, a, a statement. There is an Elijah to whom the word of the Lord came. He got to preaching the truth. And the group back there, that is the forerunner of the American Jezebel group that would not receive the word. Now, did you catch that statement? He would preach something, but the forerunners of the American Jezebel group would not receive the word. It's amazing how in 1948, and you can dispute it, but it was 1946, 48, an angel of the Lord came. Israel became a nation. But there was a whole bunch of planting going on right at that time. It was in 1948 Israel was there, but it was in 1948 that the World Council of Churches was also formed. And it's a body that has existed for many years. It doesn't seemingly have a lot of power, but it's got a lot more members now than it did back then. It's, it's a system that exists there, but it's waiting. It's, it's actually a body that's waiting for life to come to it. And life will be given to it according to prophecy. Now just let me come back to that. I, I'm going to drop this in. When there was riots regarding these groundswell of movements, Black Lives Matter and different things, they strangely were quiet. Because anything that has to do with an agenda that pulls the world together under one system, they are for it. But when there was a storming against what they called, and I'm not for Trump or against Trump, but what they called the incitement of the Capitol Hill riots, they immediately came out and condemned it. Friends, look at what has happened. Within moments of that happening, social media giants cut off a man, uh, listen, Trump's gone, but cut off a man that would not agree with their system. They would not allow him to have a voice. It was a boycott. Read what Brother Bradham says about a boycott. It's not just government-inspired. It's the anointing that's on corporations. It's the anointing that's on economic systems. It's the anointing that's on the Great Reset. And if you don't agree with it, you're going to be put out. I'm not going to get into all the quotes on boycott, but if you want to do a study, go home and read what Brother Branham says about boycott. And you'll say, groups like us will be out of it all together then. The message is moving. <clears throat> Brother Branham would say, God called the man off the field. He plagued that generation for rejecting the prophet and the message God gave him. God spoke to his faithful prophet by 
by vision. Now, he had to stay in the wilderness till God called him out. There's so much I can read out of this thing. Let me take this part. My, there's so much. He was a scriptural prophet, but people like Korah and his gainsayings rose up. I'm just summarizing here. People today look at evangelists with golden calf schemes like Korah's. They allow women preachers. They let women cut their hair. They wear slacks and shorts. They bypass the Word of God. It shows what kind of seed is in them. Now, I'm saying this because that kind of seed is not in the bride. A mustard seed will not mix with anything. We are coming back down where it's the spoken word is the original seed. Where it's the meal offering again. The meal which was every burr was Christ. What sustained that widow woman? It was the meal, the very roots of where it came from, not mixed with anything. But it's Christ and Christ alone. It's the Word and the Word alone. Brother Adam would speak a message, the seed is not air with the shuck. The shuck existed. That the, the religious world existed to hold the seed. But when the seed matures and it's able to stand on their own, then the shuck separates. I'll just say it this way. The seed is coming back to where it's going to speak for itself again. And it's going to be resident in a people that have not mixed with anything. Keep your desires pure. Keep the vineyard pure. Keep the life stream pure. And he would say, many are leaving the word. Some are staying with it. Remember the parable of the wheat and the tares. The tares have to be bundled for burning. These apostate churches are getting bound closer and closer together, ready for the fires of God's judgment. As it was in the time of Genesis 11, they're beginning to speak one language. I better save what I'm saying for a moment. Now here's the part I want to get to. When you read, and I want to just get you to where the word is not stagnant, but it's moving. When Brother Branham spoke, spoken word is the original seed, and he comes to this portion, pick up the pen and write. He said, be careful, God has promised Malachi 4 for this last day. And he would say, Malachi 4 has not yet been fulfilled, 1962. But it must be fulfilled, for it's a Germanized word of God spook, spoken through Malachi the prophet. Now, Brother Branham would now then go through the ministry. He would commission the church age book after the seals to be written. And he personally oversaw it, if you ever want. If, if you think it was Lee Vale's book, listen to the audio letter 
It's a tape that Brother Branham speaks directing Lee Vale, no, put this here, put this there. And I'll tell you what, the enemy, the church age book, is a book that is invaluable. And I say this, it can be very heavy reading. If you want, take the last portion, the resume of the ages, and if you ever think you have a fish on the line or a believer that you could give them the resume first, if they accept the resume, they can pick up all the rest. So he says this, but he now commissions the church age book. And in the church age book, he asks them to insert, pick up the pen and write. But now when he brings it into play, after the seals are open, what was the messenger of Malachi 4 to do? To return the hearts of the children back to the fathers. What was the other thing it was to do? To reveal the seven thunders that were, uh, the, the, sun, the thunders that were contained within the seals. Something has happened between 1962 and the time this book is published in 65. Something has happened to wake the bride up. Something has happened to turn their hearts again. Because now when it's written under the direct auspices, he says this, God has promised Malachi 4 is going to be fulfilled. It has to be, for it is. Now, yeah, so here he writes this. And he doesn't say, it's not yet fulfilled anymore. But now he's saying, it's fulfilled. Friends, Malachi 4 was not just first pull and second pull. Malachi 4 was not just healing lines. Malachi 4 was a restoration. It was a prophetic gift. It was not an evangelistic gift. My, I hope I'm getting out what I'm trying to get out. If you need to say amen, that would be helpful. I know you can't mouth very good under your mask, but if you want to nod your head, that's helpful. Create an atmosphere, friends. Let's, 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 let's believe the Word of God. Now, my, my, my. I want you to just look for a moment. Where's our time? I want you to look for a moment as how God is looking at the bride because we can spend a lot of time looking at what's happening in the world and we can say, yeah, you know, Biden's in place, this is vice president, there's, there's a purple color, there's this and there's this. I'll tell you what, the wheels of God move slowly. Don't just look to one event, one scripture, one quote. But you need to look not just out there, but what's happening in here. You need to recognize what God is speaking. Your faith will not come by just seeing those things. You, when you see those things, you ought to look up. You ought to get more in the Word than you've ever been. You ought to be more sincere than you've ever been. Because you need to be in the channel of the life flow to be caught up. If you're not, if you're caught in one of these ebbs or these tributaries, you're not going to catch the real move of God when the sweep comes over. Friends, I'm watching it. I'm watching it with brothers that I, I'm in contact with, and God's dropping in their heart this and this. And he's saying, this scripture, I said, man, I just preached on that. And, he's, and this, that's not man. That's God doing that. That's God leading that. Now, quickly, Proverbs 8. 
I want you just to, to take this for a moment. I'm just going to take, I'm taking this briefly, but there's much more to this inspiration. And I want you to look at this as maybe not just words, but I want you to look at this as sheet music. You know, there's something about a song. Brother Marion and I were just talking about it. You know, you can have words, but there's a melody that carries words. There are spirits that attach themselves. There were spirits that attached themselves to Elvis Presley, to Beatles. People didn't listen to the words, but they were moving to the sound of the tune and the melody. The preview of the bride that Brother Branham saw, there was an accompaniment of music. The false bride was marching to rock and roll, but the true bride was marching to a tune like onward Christian soldiers. And I say, there's a melody that's in the Bible. Catch the melody. Catch the sheet music. Catch the tune. Be in tune with it. Now, Proverbs 8, verse 22. This is God looking down on a bride, a predestinated people, ones that are going to bear his name, ones that are going to be the channel whereby life can come forward. Verse 22. The Lord possessed me in the beginning of his way before his works of old. I was set up from everlasting, from the beginning, or ever the earth was. When there was no depths, I was brought forth. When there were no fountains abounding with water. Before the mountains were settled, before the hills was I brought forth. Why did Brother Branham say I'm not the son of Charles and Ella Branham? Because he was seeing this. Why is it that my spirit is so grieved with the world around me that I'm ready to leave at an instant because of this? This is coming to the forefront in the hearts of the believer. Why is it not just a cloud that I'm looking to with natural intellectual eyes? Because it's not just a cloud. The cloud is the sign of his headship. His headship has descended on me. I am subject to him. I'm not worried about a cloud. The, the cloud is only an identification of what's already happening in me. He would say, Verse 26, while as yet he had not made the earth nor the fields nor the highest part of the dust of the world, when he prepared the heavens, I was there. When he set a compass upon the face of the depth, when he established the clouds above, when he strengthened the fountains of the deep, when he gave to his sea his decree that the water should not pass his commandment. Think about all of creation that God made all the while holding something in his mind that was reserved for this time, for this hour. Oh, that ought to get you in a place that heavens and earth will pass away, but his word will never pass away. I can no more die than God can die. I'm a part of him. Friends, once you are saved, once you are filled with the Holy Ghost, you can't be lost. The devil can beat you. He can turn you upside down. He can do things, but I cannot be lost. Praise the Lord. His works are from everlasting to everlasting. When he gave to the sea his decree that the water should not pass, when he appointed the foundations of the earth, what was happening then? I was by him. I was brought up with him. 
I was daily his delight. Oh, where's the delight of the Lord today? What does he delight in as he looks at the world? When the Holy Spirit hovers, oh, where can I find a resting place? Oh, there they are. They're sister so-and-so. Her hands are raised to me. I'll come down and visit her. Oh, there's a teenager there. There's a young person there. There's a sister there. She's going through trouble, but oh, I love to heal her. I love to be around her. She is his delight. Rejoicing always before him, rejoicing in the habitable part of his earth. Spoke on that. My delights were with the sons of men. Now therefore hearken me, O you children. For blessed are they that keep his ways. Hear instruction, be wise, and hear it not. Blessed is the man that heareth me, waiting day, watching daily at my gates. We could have tied this into the baby dedication, Brother Marco. <laughs> blessed, God bless you. I appreciated the comments from last week. Oh, but that does something once in a while to a minister. Just say, I enjoyed that, or that, that struck me, or this. Not because it's me, but I, I, I'm grateful that what we give to it, God gives to you. That's the whole purpose. It's not that I can say, oh, that was good, but it's that God can bless his people. Blessed is the man that heareth me, watching daily at my gates, watching, waiting at the posts of my gates. For whoso findeth me, findeth life, and shall obtain the favor of the Lord. I'm going to keep moving. Jump right over to me. Jump right over with me to the Song of Solomon. Now, you know, it's just like you've got different books in your library, right? If you're a mechanic and you're a he-man, you want to pull out the book on mechanics. You know, how does this part and this rivet go with this and this bolt touch this? That's a favorite book you might like to go to. Or maybe it's on the John Deere. Or maybe it's on hunting rifles. Or maybe it's on this. But, you know, there's a book of poetry that you never pick up. Or the book of knitting. God bless you if you don't do that. But the book of poetry, once in a while there's something in there. You know, Brother Adam was a man that loved poetry. You know, he, he wrote, a, he, he told stories that were poetry. Have you ever heard the story of Sam McGee? Okay, look it up after the service, anyway. Anyway, there, there's, hey, there's a poetry that went with the north. Okay, we're in the north, you should read more poetry. We got time for that. Anyway, this is a book of poetry. There's a language that goes with it. So no matter how cut and dried you are, how black and white you are, there's got to be a little part of you that moves when this is moved. No matter how unlike music you are, there's got to be a part that gets your feet or your toes tapping once in a while. Or gets your t there's got to be something. Okay, this... I should have preached this when all the poets were in the audience. All the artists were there. <laughs> There's a part of this that you need to identify with. That's all I'm trying to tell you. So I'm trying to drag some of you into the book of Solomon, Song of Solomon. Are, are you with me? Some are kicking and screaming as they're going into it, but we're getting there. We're getting there. Song of Solomon, chapter 5, verse 1. This is the bridegroom speaking. Now, now, now look at the bridegroom's delight. I am come into my garden, my sister, my spouse. I have gathered my myrrh with my spice. I have eaten my honeycomb with honey. I have drunk my wine with milk. Eat, O oh friends, drink, and drink abundantly, O oh beloved. So this is the bridegroom. He's inviting us to a feast. And he says, where is this? Notice where he puts it. It's in a garden. You know, where, where, where do you go when you want to Relax. Do you stand in front of the sink, wash dishes? Do you 
Do you go in and hop on the treadmill? <laughs> or do you like to go out in the garden? You know, my wife loves the garden. She loves to walk in the garden and watch things grow. You know, not that she literally sees it, although there's a few things that do that. They grow. Zucchinis grow overnight, I think. Jack's beanstalk grew overnight, too. You know, there's other things that happen like that. But, but there's, there's something that comes with it. There's a release in the garden. You know, I, I believe it was the message Brother Bannon would say, we put him through so much trouble. He loves to go up north because that's where he rests from all the trouble that we put him through. So where would God want to go as we look at the world around us? Because the Spirit of God is still here. We're still here. He has a place that He wants to go. Let's just jump over to chapter 6, verse 1. Now the daughters of Jerusalem are speaking. And there, these are, there's, there's many women in the world, but they're, they're also seeing the bridegroom. And they're saying, Whither is my beloved gone, O thou fairest among women? Where is thy beloved turned aside, that we may seek him with thee? Was it, was it Fanny Crosby that wrote the song, I Come to the Garden? Was that her? Who was that? I Come to the Garden. Oh, where did Jesus come at the resurrection? Where was Mary? At the garden. I, I'm, I'm just bringing you into a channel. So now the, the, the daughters of Jerusalem speak, but now the bride answers because she knows and she says, my beloved is gone down to his garden. How does she know? Because she holds this secret in her heart. He's with me. I know he's with me. I know he loves me. I know I'm going home with him one day. To the beds of spices, to feed in the gardens and to gather lilies. I am my beloved's. And my beloved is mine. He feedeth among the lilies. I'm not going to have time to break all these things out. Listen, if you're still not with me, you ever watch Olympic diving or synchronized swimming? They used to have two systems of marking. There was what was called technical points. And sometimes we get our technical points so right. You know, like we... we you know, you know, the dive, the execution was all of this. Da, 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 it was just perfect. And, you know, it used to be 6.0. If you hit a 5.6, 5.7, 5 5.9 was amazing. That was wonderful. And then they give a second set of marks for what was called style points. So the style points were how you expressed yourself when you were doing it. The two worked together. The bridegroom and the bride worked together. There, there's a part of us... We're connected with the body. We can do our job so good, but if we have no style points, we don't connect with one another. One of our deacons sent out a little chat, to our, a chat we had, and he said, in these last days, brethren, above all, love one another. Brother Brandon would say, keep your attitude pure. Why? How come that's important? Don't you mean I, I shouldn't get my doctrine right? Don't you think I should do this? Don't you think i got to get my house in order? There's some style points you got to consider. you got to connect with your children. you got to connect with the other members of the body. you got to express yourself. you got to express yourself to God. 
You come to church and all you're worried about is this, 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 this. That's got to be right. That's got to be. Express yourself. Tell him you love him. Tell your brother you appreciate him. We're the bride of Christ. I'm saying that for you. That Some of that's hard to do. Others, you go overboard. Get lined up a little bit too. You know, don't, you got, your style points are good, but just work a little bit on your technical. I, I, listen, I got into a different thing. I'm going to speak on the mystical body of Christ. I got all these things I'm, I got in my head, but if God wills. Drop down to verse 9. My dove, my undefiled. Now this is the bridegroom speaking back. She's talked about his garden, but he's talking back and he says, My dove, my undefiled, is but one. She's the only one of her mother. She's the choice one of her that bear her. The daughters saw her and blessed her. Yea, the queens and the concubines, and they praised her. Drop down to verse 11. I went down into the garden of nuts to see the fruits of the valley and to see whether the vine flourished and the pomegranates budded. So all of these actually have a meaning, which I'm not going to get into. I'm, I'm trying to just bring this back into the time of Jezebel that we're in. But there's God's delight is in his garden. So I'm just keep laying that drop down to chapter 7, verse 10. The bride speaking back, I am my beloved's and his desire is toward me. Come, my beloved, let us go forth into the field. Let us lodge in the villages. Let us go early to the vineyards. Let us see if the vine flourish and whether the tender grape appear and the pomegranates bud forth. There I will give thee my loves. The mandrakes give a smell. Mandrakes were kind of interesting. They were there for healing and they were there, but it was common to believe mandrakes. Rachel asked Leah for her mandrakes because they were deemed to be associated with fertility. But the mandrakes gave a smell at our, our gates, all manner of pleasant fruits, new and old, which I have laid for thee, O my beloved. Are you, are you catching? There's a language here. Amen. Let it, let it be in our lives. I, I, I said all of that to come down to chapter 8, verse 11. Solomon had a vineyard in Balhomen, and he let the vineyard out to the keepers. So, remember, Solomon had a thousand wives. But the language that's here in the Song of Solomon is not with all of those wives. It's not with all the vineyards that he had where he had 200 keepers. Listen. He let out the vineyard unto the keepers. Every one for the fruit thereof was to bring a thousand pieces of silver. Silver. So the bride is speaking here. She's saying, Solomon, you've got all these vineyards. You've got all these keepers. But she says, oh, Solomon, you must have a thousand. And those that keep the fruit thereof are two hundred. Thou that dwellest in the gardens, thy companions hear thy voice. Cause me to hear it. Now he's saying, all of that's out there. But Solomon, I've got something. I've got something with you that's beyond all of that. I see God dealing with, with people out in the world. I see inspiration in song sometimes. I see them catching things. Where did that come from? That came from God. That doesn't mean that they're not part of that, but this vineyard that this is coming down to is a vineyard that's existing at the end time. Okay, I said all of that. Let's jump over quickly. My, my, my. Revelation chapter 11. Revelation chapter 11. 
Let's pick up the reading in verse 14. The second woe was passed. Okay, now Brother Ram would talk about it. The first woe was the First World War. The second woe was the Second World War. Look at the setting. The second woe is past. The third woe cometh quickly. And the seventh angel sounded and said, and there were great voices in heaven saying, the kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of His Christ, and He shall reign forever and ever. What we're watching right now is not the continuation of the United States of America. It's not the continuation of the civilized world, but it's the fulfillment of Daniel's vision where there's a stone coming out of the mountain and every kingdom is being destroyed. Okay? That's where we're at. Revelations 13. Go with me over to Revelations 13. We'll start reading verse 11. I wanted to share something. He says America will turn him down. He's talking about he saw America rise, permitting men and women to vote. They're going to, permitting women, permitting women to vote. They'll elect the wrong man one of these days. He says she'll never rise again. She's gone. So this is America now in the Bible, in verse 11. I beheld another beast coming out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb. Now, that was the, a young buffalo, a bison. President Obama restored that image, and it had two horns. Now listen, and he spake like a dragon. So this is, it came out of the earth. It came out of the people where there was not much people. Not out of the waters. Waters was people. This came out of the earth. There wasn't many people in there. And he exercised all the power of the first beast before him, and he caused all the earth and them that dwell in there to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. You can go back to the first part of this, this chapter, he does great winders. He makes fire to come down from heaven. And, and that's the atomic weaponry. And he deceived them that dwell on the earth by means of those miracles that he had power to do in the sight of the beast and them that dwell on the earth. And he makes an image to the beast which had a wound by the sword and did leave. And he had power to give life unto the image of the beast that the image of the beast should both speak and cause as many as should not worship, the image of the beast should be killed. Now, there was a movement many years ago, and we saw it. There was a real scientific thing. There was the Church of Scientology. There was all this movement away from religion, and we all stood up, and we fought this thing. But if you look at these two powers, Brother Branham, I got quotes, and I'm not going to I'm going to summarize. He says, there is civil power, and there is ecclesiastic ecclesiastical power. So one is the power that comes with politics, that comes with government, and the other one comes with religion. Nimrod could never rule the world by force only. Nimrod needed religion to exercise his power. And that was way back then, but it's also true now. America cannot govern just by politics, but it also has to be by religion, and it's going to be by false religion. The first beast was that which was, came from the very beginning of the Catholic Church, and the Catholic Church had daughters. 
Now, this, they were going to make an image unto the beast. World Council of Churches. And that has been laying dormant for a long time. But you watch, if you don't exist with this movement, there's going to be pressure put upon you. Now, I, Brother Brandon would say, I'm going to read a couple of things. Revelations 13, verse 14. Church age, book, Thyatira and age. The beast spreads his influence through the image that was built for him. The image is a worldwide ecumenical council wherein all organized churches will get together with Roman Catholics. They're doing it even now. There's a guy in Jerusalem. He wears a white gown. He stands up in front of a lot of people. Very nice guy. Oh, seems harmless. And Brother Branham would say as a prophet, murder lies in her unrepentant heart. She wants to exercise all the control. I'm coming to the, the turn of the Scripture. My, my, how's the clock going away on me? Spoken word is the original seed. Two denominational groups, Pentecostal and evangelistic groups, will work together in a denomination. They will unite themselves together in the federation of the council churches or council of churches there will come through them a forcing or a boycott that will stop everything that belongs to a union of churches. We saw this afar off for many years, but we are seeing it very close at hand. Friends, the Word of God is moving. We need to move also. Now he says there's many young people. He says... I don't know, but he says, you watch and see if I have what I've said. Don't let this word ever depart from your ears and eyes. Your heart, rather. Your heart, he says. I speak in the name of the Lord. Now, Brother Bram didn't just see Democrats. This is not between Democrats and Republicans. This is another system coming in to power. Now, are you, are you still good with me? I really... I need to get this off my heart. Maybe I took too much time on the preamble. We had a baby dedication. Give me an extra 10 to 15 today, please. And if you don't, I'm going to force you. No, I'm not going to do that. Don't worry. He said, I believe this. It'll wind up. There'll be a union, a boycott. Places like this will be closed down. You will not be able to speak unless you got permission. It shows where we're at. It shows where it'll wind up. I speak as a servant of Christ. I believe this word. I believe this messenger. Now, Brother Branham would also talk about similarities that existed at the time of Israel and Jezebel. Let me just read two things. I'm going to come back to our opening scripture. There would be a modern Ahab with a Jezebel turning his neck. Now, if I just say this, the president that exists in the United States has promoted his wife more than any president I've ever known. She has a PhD. She goes out and does things. He's glad to showcase her. But he also took a woman as a vice president. Now, I'm going to ask, who's speaking sometimes here? I'm just asking. And there's a natural side, but there's a spiritual side. He's also Catholic. 
Listen to what we're saying. Jezebel religion. After sin took its toll, God brought his people to their knees. Jezebel took everything. She wiped it up. She'll do it again. She's on the throne now behind a figurehead, twisting any way she wants. Nobody's going to stop her. Nothing's going to stop her now. Because they couldn't get it into the religious circles, they've cut it into politics. That's where they've done it. The political will be a boycott exactly back to the mark of the beast. Now, before you get into all your conspiracy theories, the vaccine is not going to change something that it's going to cause a mark in your hand and something in your forehead. The mark in the forehead is your mind has been opened to this system. The thing in your hand is you can't get away from doing business in the economy, so you'll extend your hand out. you got to have something greater in your heart. You gotta protect the vineyard. The life stream that God is giving us must be protected. It's happening. Oh, it might not happen in two months or three months or a year, two years. I don't know. But it's happening. But there's also something happening. Brother Adam, third exodus. There's a persecution coming. On all who won't unite with it and a boycott. It'll be too late then. You've already took the mark. Don't say I'll do it then. What's your heart open to? What's your mind open to? If you're not sold out, it's not good enough. Let me be a true servant. I'm not mad at anybody. This is deep in my heart. Remember, while Ramses was growing in power, Ramses had a political system, but God had a spiritual system under a prophet, ready to come down to speak again. They're both growing together. There'll be a showdown one of these days. The time ain't far off. Okay. 1 Kings chapter 21. Let me just a few more comments based on this. I'm not going to ask you if you're good with it because some aren't, but some are, and I don't want to identify who is and who isn't. So I'm, thank you. There's one that is. I just, uh, sorry, I just did it, but anyway. 1 Kings chapter 21. Now, if we, if we just take this for a moment, and, and I, I need to just, just, to, just to hear me out for a moment, I, I just need to share, share this a little bit. It came to pass, now, you're Bible readers, so I'm just going to jump into the story. Naboth is a Jezreelite. So Naboth, if you actually take the, na- the place Jezreel, it means God soweth. There's actually some that view this valley. It's a prosperous valley. There's, there's some that view that this is where the battle of Armageddon will be actually fought. Okay, but if you actually take, there's so much history behind even this place. But Jezreel, it actually means God soweth, Naboth means fruits. So it's a place that God had his heart set on. And it was held in Naboth's care. But somewhere along the line, because the same spirit that was on Satan, who desired to dwell in the mount of the congregation on the north, where is that? That's the bride's place. Satan desires that place. 
Now he's also desiring this place. So here, Ahab speaks to Naoth, give me the vineyard. I'd like to take your vineyard. I, I, I had so many scriptures on this. A vineyard, you could never mix it. And there was a special part of the vineyard that was reserved to the seventh year. Type in vineyard in your Bible search. But he says, give me your vineyard. I want to change the use of it from bearing fruit of the vine. I want to make it a garden of herbs to serve my own purpose. I want to take the word that you find precious and I want to use it for my own means. Same thing that was there with Nimrod. Same thing that was there with Cain. Same spirit again. But now, Ahab had respect unto the laws. So Ahab, he would say, give it to me, I'll trade you. You know, we'll do this and this. But look at what was in Naboth. This vineyard is pure. We've kept the channel clean. We've kept the word pure. Brother Branham would speak in, 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 in what house will you build me? Keep the message pure. Don't mix it. Don't let, he says, keep a right attitude. Keep a right spirit. Uh, one thing ought to rise in you more than ever. There is only one place we can go to. Now, so we read this already. Ahab comes into the house. He's, he's just crying and weeping. He's laying on his bed, banging his fist. And, 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 and Jezebel. Now, now, Ahab still had some respect, but Jezebel comes. Don't you govern Israel. He says, arise, eat bread, let your I'll give you the vineyard. Yeah, he governs but she's pulling the strings. So while he's there, he doesn't know what she's doing, but she had no regard for the laws of the land. Don't think for a moment that, that, that a Catholic system coming in respects what America was founded on. Don't think that the devil respects what you and I stand for. Friends, we're living in a time where all it takes is, somebody, is something to hit the media and you're guilty. Somebody does something and, and, and you're identified as part of a group or, you're, or you're whatever and it says, oh, you'll be shut down that quick. Watch what Jezebel does. So she wrote letters, verse 8, in, in Ahab's name, sealed them in his seal, sent the letters all in the name of Ahab. Who's doing this? Jezebel. That system... Sending letters to the elders, and she writes, proclaim a fast, put Nahab on high, get two men, bring a false witness against him. I'm going quickly. You blaspheme God and the king, and carry him out, and stone him that he may die. And they did exactly that. And the men of the city, what is all of this all about? That system had come into power in the time of the days of Elijah. The brook dried up in the days of Elijah, but there was a woman. The power of Jezebel came, but there was also a vineyard. And the vineyard had to be preserved. The vineyard had to be kept. It couldn't be mixed. I believe God's hands are on this message and the people that are holding this message. And there ought to be something in your heart, I will not give over to this. They brought these two men. They, they had a mock trial. Verse 14, they sent to Jezebel. Naboth is stoned, is dead. Verse 15, it came to pass when Jezebel heard that Naboth was stoned and was dead. Jezebel said to Ahab, arise, 
Take possession of the vineyard of Naboth the Jezreelite, for he refused to give it to thee for money. For Naboth is not alive, but he's dead. And when Ahab went down there, he took to take the vineyard. Now the next part, and the word of the Lord, don't think for a moment God wasn't watching this. Now, there's types in the Bible. I'm just two or three more minutes and the musicians can come. In the Bible, there's types where Abraham, he took as a type of Christ and he went to slay his only son. But he didn't. The type was fulfilled in Christ. This is a type that was fulfilled not just in the time of Israel, but it was also fulfilled in the Dark Ages when the Jezebel system came into full power and martyred our brothers and sisters. And this system is coming into power again. But this time the type will not be fulfilled completely. Because all that Naboth had to do was to preserve the vineyard. All he had to do was stand in the vineyard. All that we have to do, not to be smarter, not to figure things out, but just to stand behind the message. God will back up this message. God will back up this people. God will stand for this message. Thyatiran church agents, musicians can come. Lord help us. The time is closing. A two-horned beast is rising out of the earth, out of the thickness and the multitudes of people. Father, we believe the hour is close at hand that these churches is confederating themselves together, making an images unto the beast. Oh, It'll be terrible for that group, Lord, that won't join them. The very boycott will come. And here's the part. But in that hour, you promise to take your church. Friends, I don't believe we're going to go through a tribulation. But in a pre-tribulation, there's going to be a little pressure. There may be times it gets a little hot. I could share quotes out of the church age book right now, but I can't. I don't have the time. You might feel things, but remember, there's a man that can turn on the light. Protect the vineyard. Keep the message pure. Stand for it. Don't give in. Don't open your mind. Don't open your hand. But keep these things pure. Let me read this. Laodicean Church Age, Church Age book, The Wheat and the Tares Have Grown Side by Side. Nicaea has set out to accomplish what will happen. With the might of organization, the false church, Laodicean church age, turns from any vestige of truth, and with the political might, she reinforces herself with state backing and sets out to eradicate the true believer. That's the spirit. That's the demons, the 200,000,000 demons loosed in ecclesiastical form. But just when she's about to accomplish her cowardly plot, the wheat is gathered into the garner. Let's stand together. Thank you for being patient. Where are we at, friends? I, I, I'm, I'm not just looking at Jezebel. I know she's there. I know the system's there. But I know I've got something else here. I've got a vineyard. I've got a life with Christ. I can't mix it with herbs. I can't mix it with man-made things. I've got to keep it pure. This life of mine, I gotta keep it right. I gotta keep it to the place.
There's a whole scripture out of Hosea chapter 2. But it talks about a vineyard. But it talks about a woman that had a relationship. And her name was changed. And it went into the name of Ishi, which means married. Married. The Lord is my Lord. Friends, there's a land that I'm looking for. It's not this earth. It's not this land. But it's Beulah land. How many, how many are saying, that's the land that I belong to? Why don't we sing that Beulah land, Beulah land. Beulah land, I'm longing for you. And time 